Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. So, Adam, do you know what a 4X game is? Are we really going to do this again? (laughs) Uh, Explain, explore, exploit, exploit, exterminate. Exterminate, that's right. So I'm never going to let you live that down, you You know what? I I heard it in the wrong context. I'm just going to keep getting hammered with this. 4X, it's not a four-sided thing. Though, as it turns out, Civilization, up until Civilization V, was grid-based. It wasn't X-based. And the reason for that is Sid Meier was told that only really fiddly war games for nerds were hex-based, and they wanted the game to have more appeal, so they went with the grid-based. But by the time Civ V had come around, yeah, no one was going to sneer at Civilization, so they went to hexes. But in any case, so yeah, we're doing Civilization. And this series has been around for a very long time. Uh, They started being developed and published by Microprose. Uh, and to be fair, it's not called Civilization. It's Sid Meier's Civilization. It's his brand name. It's also Sid Meier's Pirates and Sid Meier's uh, Railroad Tycoon. And yeah. and, and actually, he just wrote <laughs> he wrote a book. And of oh, course did he? he called, yeah, it's called Sid Meier's Memoir, because of course it is. <laughs> but, by the way, it's a great book. It's super interesting. I bet it is. But he helped, he helped create Microprose and Sid Meier's Civilization, which we'll just call Civ. The first one came out in 1991. There was a sort of a spin-off called Colonization, where you you know you colonize the new world. Oh, cool. There was Civ 2, Civ 3. At some point they wound up in the hands of his new company, Firaxis, which is where Sid Meier is now. They're also the guys who do XCOM. Mm-hmm. And they're published by 2K. So Civ 1 comes from 1991. Civ 6 was published in 2016. But you know, the, the civilization games these days, they're Sid Meier's games, so as they add expansions. The game almost renews itself, and yeah, they usually it, have. It does. Yeah, so for, I don't even remember. Like one of them is, I think it's called Gathering Storm. It's all about environmental stuff, and there's usually two uh, expansions that really add to the Civ experience. So once you're buying a Civ, you, you buy the whole thing. You don't buy just bits and pieces of it. Yeah. And this is well a, a 4X game, right? Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. So the idea is you start off with a settler unit and usually one military unit. And you establish a city, and within that city, you're going to build libraries and court system and marketplaces and walls and aqueducts and all this sort of stuff. And they'll improve your city, allow it to grow, allow you to research new, you know, new technologies, starting with reading and leading to like nuclear weapons. Though usually that takes a while. <laughs> you can play games that only take place over 500 years, or hundreds and or thousands of turns even that take place over millennia, and. It's one of these games where you can win many ways. You can win by conquering everyone. You can win through a social means where your culture essentially swallows up all the other civilizations. You can win diplomatically. One of the ways to win in the original civilization was to build the components for a space station and get them to Alpha Centauri, which is the, one of the nearest stars to Earth. He also made a spin-off called Alpha Centauri, which is essentially civilization in space. Okay. And 
And there was one recently too. I don't even know. I think it was called After Earth or Post Earth or something like that. It wasn't really yeah. well received, but it was a, another attempt at that. These games have been around for a very long time. I don't think Sid Meier's had his hands in every one of them. I don't think he was involved in Civ 2. Oh, really? But I don't think. I, I, I don't quite remember. And these have the standard Sid Meier one more turn <laughs> problem. Yeah. You know, which is either a problem or an advantage, I'm not sure which, where you say, I'm just going to play for five more minutes. Oh my God, it's 5 a.m. and I have to go to work. Um, <laughs> and I've been playing these games since the beginning. I adore them. You can buy them pretty much anywhere. They're PC games only, though there, there was Civ Revolutions. Yes. And it's the it console the and mobile version. It's like a simplified yeah. version. Yeah. And I, I guess if you don't have a PC, whatever. But I mean, Jesus, go for the PC version. And you can get it anywhere. You can get them all on Steam. I, I think all of them. I don't think you can buy the second, uh, the first one. I don't think. GOG has everything but Civ 6. And the Epic Store has only Civ 6. It's, you know, it's always a licensing issue. Right. But, you know, these games all have, you know, similar ideas. You pick a civilization. You know, you pick America or England or France or the Mongols or whatever, and you're given a leader, and that leader has a personality. So, for instance, if you if you chose, say, oh, I don't know, India, you get <laughs> you get Gandhi, and you know, there's a long there's a long standing. It turns out to be myth about Psycho Gandhi, and that's from Sid Meier himself, which was this idea that if Gandhi became a, a democracy, if Gandhi's India became a democracy, he got psycho and started nuking people. It turns out no, he just he wanted he created a personality and it had nothing to do with the number trick that everyone thinks actually i i didn't know that that was a myth i thought that the the one to ten aggression scale was was truth well it's it wasn't a one to ten they used there's a a sequence that is either it's one to 255 and we talked about this in the zelda episode that's why yeah. you can only ever have 255 rubies and it only counts the first 255 games you play that sort of thing it's yeah. a cheat so you don't have to program it in because it's it's built into the actually the processor so the idea was this guy was like a one and when you be on the aggression scale and i think you know the, the myth was that stalin was 12 and if you became a democracy it dropped by two because theoretically a, a democracy should be less aggressive so if you're a one and you drop by two well, on a 1 to 255 scale, there's no 0 and there's no negative 1. So we go right. from 1 to like 254. Yeah. So Gandhi is known for achieving democracy and making treaties and then immediately breaking them, developing nuclear weapons and killing everyone. Like he becomes a psycho. And it turns out it's a myth that it's a number thing. Uh, huh. Sid Meier said as much in his memoir. But it's still a cool story. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, <laughs> Just be aware if you have uh, if you have India in your game and he becomes a democracy, you're screwed. Because <laughs> he'll nuke you again and again and again and oh, again. Repeatedly. Uh, repeatedly. I never, if I if I get a game where there's Gandhi in it, I just reset. I don't care. <laughs> That's Not funny. dealing uh, with that nonsense. Yeah, because he's a psycho. It's really quite funny. I mean, I, I don't think it's funny to the people who really admire Gandhi. What do you mean he's a nuclear psycho? But okay. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, you build you build these. You build units, and obviously you're going to start with like art. You know, actually, you can't start with archers because you have to develop the bow. You can't even start with cavalry because you have to develop horseback riding. Um, you start off with like warriors, and you know you move around the map, and you'll encounter barbarians, which are sort of these NPC like tribes, and, and you can encounter other civilizations, um, which can be NPC as well, or they can be other people. You can play multiplayer, and 
you establish cities and the land around you may have water or it may have particular resources that your city can draw on you know you'll trade back and forth it's you know your standard grand strategy game but it's the best at what it does no one has ever beaten civilization at their game everyone keeps trying yeah and and there are people who do like civilization in space and they do the different thing but when Sid Meier announces there's going to be another Sid Meier's civilization, the rest of the game developing world goes, okay, we're going to get our asses kicked. Like, that's it. There's The whole world stops and waits to see how awesome this new game will be, what new innovation will he bring. And I guess the rule is add two things, remove one. That's okay. why, well, otherwise you get, you get uh, feature creep and then you wind up with this game that you can't play anymore. That makes uh, sense. And that is what has allowed the Civilization series, I think, to to carry on and be as good as it is because they drop unnecessary things. Like one thing they added for Civilization Six were districts. So you can oh, have a yeah. university district or industrial district or a military district, you know, things like that. And these are the hexes around your city. Because in previous civilizations, it doesn't matter how big your city was, it was one space on the map, that was it. Mm -hmm. And then you could build up around it agriculture or whatever, but the city itself was just that one. Now it's, you know, the districts get bigger and bigger and bigger until your cities, well, they look like actual cities, which is that they spread. You know, you only need to look at a, you know, a, an aerial map of Tokyo to realize cities don't, <laughs> don't stay, cities don't stay small. So I've been playing these since the beginning, including colonization, which admittedly is a little problematic now, you know, play the white man and wipe out the locals. And, but it's instructive as a historical simulator. Sure, I played them all. So, how about you? Where where did you get into this? Who got into it? Well, the first first Civ that I can remember seeing was um, a friend of my dad's playing Civ Two, mm -hmm. and it was little hexes and or uh, little squares, and I just seemed very boring and dull and oh you build a city and you run a country yeah whatever not shooting anybody so i don't particularly care at the time young adam didn't really uh didn't really give a damn mm -hmm. uh by the time i think it was around the time that civ 5 rolled around i kind of had had caught more interest to it uh i remember i picked up civ 5 late in the game probably about halfway through its life and i i thoroughly enjoyed it really really spent a lot of time i've probably got a couple hundred hours logged into Civ 5 but then eventually I'd upgrade to Civ, Civ 6 and I've spent less time in that but I, I still really enjoy it it's still an excellent game yeah it is there are a lot of people who still think Civ 5 is a better game I mm -hmm. I happen to disagree you know in my case I was really interested in Civ 6 because it just looks so good and it sounds so good that's the oh, one does. thing that the success of this game has allowed is that ever since Civ 4 the opening piece of music is like orchestral and has a choir. I mean, the soundtracks are in and of themselves worth locating. I don't think you can buy it, but you can go onto YouTube. It's all there. The Civ 6 song is really something else. The games are beautiful to look at, especially Civ 6. It's gorgeous. You know, the one thing that kind of annoys me is that all the narration is done by Sean Bean. I think it's the first thing he's done in a decade where he doesn't, you know, die. You know, these games are incredible. I mean, the one thing I'll say that is annoying me about Civ Six is that they've decided to go the DLC route. Here's another civilization. Give us six bucks. Oh, here's two civilizations. Give us 12. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, they did create a season's pass and you get all those. And they've added like extra 
game modes, I didn't really pay attention because it didn't really interest me. I don't play this game enough to get into the fiddly stuff. Like, I have never, ever played a pre-chosen map or scenario. Not once in, what are we, 9101, that we're talking about 30 years? I've never played a, a scenario like that. I've only ever had a large, randomly generated world with X amount of civilizations, and I go. That's yep. always how I've done it. And yes, I'm aware I'm missing a lot, but this is my comfort zone. That's good. Uh, you know, and you know, like you, I've put in quite a few hours. I couldn't tell you. Civilization Five. I'm sure I own it. I'm sure I got it on a like a either a Steam sale, like everything else in my damn library, or maybe <laughs> I got it on a on a humble bundle. I honestly to do not remember Civ 3 I was super into Civ 2 I skipped actually Civ 4 was eh, it was okay and then Civ 6 I, I just dove right into just for the look of it you know these games are all wonderful and it's interesting because young Adam really missed out on a lot if he didn't like these games because they looked boring because that's that's the genius of Sid Meier he makes the boring interesting yeah you know I mean, I, I feel like at that point in my life, probably wasn't really missing out. I don't think that I, I don't think that there's much that you could have done to interest me in a okay. civilization development game. Um, <laughs> but because I mean, you know, remember, I was born in '92. We're talking very young, Adam. So you're um, you're one year younger than civilization is. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was in grade ten, so and and you know, this is back in time when you know. There was no Assassin's Creed. There were no action games. Not like this. No. Uh, you know, the top of the line action game was freaking Doom. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, a strategy game was much more, um, you know, it was, it was just the way it went with, with computer games anyway. I can't remember a time when I didn't really love Civilization. And, you know, the, the games are, they become more complex. And yet, as I said, they keep, you know, they keep trimming the fat. So it always feels fresh and new and slick and it never seems to bog itself down you can make the game as slow as you want or as fast as you want they've added modding support so i loaded the game up and i jesus there are mods that they, they don't even make available anymore so i couldn't even carry on with the uh, the game the save game i had <laughs> because i want the game to feel as much like the original as possible because they got rid of the stacks of doom like used to be you remember you used to be able to put like 20 military units in one big stack and move them as a whole right. and now you can't now it's one per tile i thought well that's stupid that's not the way this works so <laughs> i found a mod that allows for stacks of doom and i don't care it's not the way it's meant to be played it's the way i want to play it sure and i appreciate that as they've changed the game they've made the modding tools robust enough that the people who want their civilization game, their Sid Meier civilization to be a certain way, can make it that way. They just have to find the right sets of mods and settings to make it so. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that from any developer when they're able to let go of their brainchild enough to say, you know what, we've we've put out what we think this game needs to be. Here are some tools to make the tweaks that you genuinely want to see in this game. Yep. And there's a lot of great developers out there who pay attention to those mods and sometimes oh, yeah. will introduce them in the next game. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. They are paying attention. Like Civ 6 is wonderful. I'm wondering when Civ 7 will come out because they tend to come out like every nine five years. years. Five years. Oh, well, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't remember when, when Civ 5 came out, but the thing is now because they add all these expansions, which they've been doing since Civ 4, it's kind of hard to tell when the game ends. Like they're still adding stuff. 
Yeah. Like, like they're still adding stuff. They, they, you know, there's just a season's pass, so maybe it's next year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I know is I will buy Civilization Seven Sight Unseen. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I, I think that there's probably. I mean, I know for a fact that there's a lot of people who just outright agree with you. Who will, no matter what, if it's got the Sid Meier's logo on it, they're gonna buy it. Yep. I mean, hell, even go back and play Sid Meier's Pirates, and that's still mm-hmm. a killer game. That's probably oh, yeah. one of the best pirate simulators you're ever gonna find. Yeah, I've actually gone onto GOG and made a point of buying his old games. Oh, have you? Yeah, like all those old, like some of these games are practically unplayable, but yeah. they're worth it just for the historical note of, okay, I'm going to give the five bucks, I'm going to pay, I'm going to play this for 45 minutes and then I'm going to be done. But it's worth it just to see the genius of this man. One day I fear he will retire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this game is his, this will go on his tombstone, I think. So. Yeah, it'll probably say Sid Meier's tombstone. Probably, probably. <laughs> so, what do you think? You think you're gonna go back and play whichever Civ you're playing, or are you done? Or oh what? no, I'm I'm absolutely gonna go and, and continue playing these games. Like you, you can't find a better game that you can pick up, play for 20 minutes. Uh, well, I mean, maybe you could. <laughs> but this is one of yeah. the best games that you can find that you can pick up, play for 20 minutes, realize you have to go do something else, save, quit, come back later, and just pick it right back up again. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the same way. I mean, I, I'm going to, I, I've actually already uninstalled the game, but someday, <laughs> well, you know, because it's in and out, right? But at some point, yeah. I'm going to decide, you know what? I want to try this again. Or maybe one of the new civilizations they have as DLC, I'll look at. Like, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in the, the Babylonian oh, okay. Civ uh, they have. You know, maybe I'll pick that up the next time they have a sale. And then I'll reinstall and I'll play them. And, you know, I don't know, maybe next time they'll come up with the Aztecs or whatever. So I don't know they have the Mayans. Uh, yes. You know, maybe someday I really will do a world simulation. Somehow I doubt it, but okay. Yeah, uh, I'm always going to play this game. It's it's civilization. It's Sid Meier's civilization. How can I not? So Absolutely. Yeah. So there it is. There it is. Hey, Farron, I know I've asked you this before, but do you like space? Nah. I love okay, space. now see, you just derailed me. All right, let's talk about Mass Effect. Okay, all right. <laughs> so we are discussing Mass Effect, released November 20th, 2007, developed primarily by BioWare with some uh, assistance from Demiurge, Edge of Reality, Iron Monkey, and Straight Right Studios. And it was published by EA primarily. Uh, this is available on your Xbox 360, Windows, PlayStation 3, Wii U, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One from all of their respective stores. I actually didn't uh, know it was on the Wii U, huh? Cool. Yeah, it was. It was I always played it on PC. So, I originally played this on 360, and oh my goodness, I have started replaying it on PC, and it is so much better. The quality of life is there. Oh, just uh, the keyboard and mouse, I would imagine. But that the, I can't play a shooter with a with a game controller. It's just un- inconceivable. It's. It was. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. We'll get but, there. Yeah. Yeah. So Mass Effect is the story of humanity sometime in the future in the 22nd century, I believe. We developed uh, space travel and 
found these great massive pylons essentially floating in space which have allowed us to develop faster than light travel and we met all these other creatures who run the rest of the galaxy and uh this is just the the sci-fi story of mass effect you play commander shepherd who is a one of of three background characters who could be male or female you get to take that pick uh there's a lot of people who actually really like female shepherds voice acting over male shepherds though interestingly enough male shepherd actually voiced by uh somebody not too far away from us mark Muir, who lives up in edmonton well that's where bioware is so i'm not surprised yeah i mean he's done lots of other voice acting work too but anyways uh so absolutely wonderful uh sci-fi action role-playing game i've been playing this i i missed this game when it first came out and it was actually one that i skipped for whatever reason i i played uh the knights of the old republic series and jade empire and dragon age but it took me a little while before I actually came back around to Mass Effect. I'd heard some really negative things. I was in high school at the time and people told me, ah, it's boring, it's not that good, blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of given it a pass. And then eventually, you know, Mass Effect 2 came out and halfway through its lifespan, eventually I went back and said, you know what, if I got a sequel and it's getting a, a threequel, then I should probably go back and play this series. Obviously yeah. there's something there. So tell me about your experience with the game, Farron. Uh, when, when I heard about it, I wasn't interested because I'm not into RPGs friend of mine, oh, Paul, yeah. he had said, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in Mass Effect. I went, oh, okay, whatever. And I didn't think much about it, and I didn't care. And I wound up picking it up because, I don't know, it seemed sort of RPG light. Right. And I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I liked the story a lot. I have consistently found it shocking that it is not a movie. Uh, I am one of the people who, f- who feels that Jennifer Hale, I think is her name, yes. did the better job, so I've always played Female Shepherd. I enjoyed the first game. The second game, I did not enjoy nearly as much. I mean, it was a shooter or whatever, but I found I didn't like the story because it was so repetitive. Meet a new guy, do his mission, go do another mission with them. Meet another guy, do his his loyalty mission, do another mission with them over right. and over again. And I found it very boring. I didn't find much many of the characters interesting at all. I made the mistake with the third one of listening to the hype and listening to the fans bitch and moan about it. Yeah. And so I was fatigued before the game came out and I played it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm the only one on the planet who had no problem with the ending. You may remember that I actually wrote this super long essay about the ending. I do recall uh, that essay and, on Facebook, yes. And, and what it came down to was people are bitching and moaning about this ending because they wanted the power fantasy ending where they got the babe and the money in the parade. And this story quite realistically says, no, you don't get those. You're not that yeah. important. Yeah, uh, I loved its nihilism. I was very disappointed when they changed the ending, and I'm very pleased that I managed to get through it before they bent to the will of their fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I I don't understand the the politics and the, the economics behind it. They did what they did and whatever. But as a whole, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I played a ton of Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this game. I, I keep thinking I'm going to go back and play Mass Effect 1 again. But the last time I tried, I didn't even make it off the ship. That's how, oh, quickly, really? I got, that's how quickly I got bored. I didn't get it <laughs> off the ship. And I don't know why that is, because it's a good series. Like I want to see this as a Netflix series. Yeah. You could pull off a good two seasons per game. Yeah, and yeah I think you could because it's all interesting stories and you know the problem is which story which shepherd is yours it's not my shepherd right like i made the decision to exterminate the bug right i 
made sure I, I sacrificed. Remember, you get those two males who follow you, and or those two humans who follow you in the first game. I sacrificed the male. Right. Um, in the third game, I killed the doctor. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, Talia. She's the one with the mask, right? Or she yeah, never takes Talia, her yeah. My choices led to her death. In the second game, my choices <laughs> oh, led to God. Legion's death, and I felt bad about that. Yeah. But I stuck to my guns, and I said no. These are the decisions I made. This is the result of those decisions. I'm not going to reload. Because it would have been easy to go online and figure out, okay, who do I assign to various places in order to get the following result? Yeah. Because I really wanted Legion. That was the guy's name, right? Legion? Yeah, yeah. Legion. I really wanted to keep him as a character, it as a character. But I lost Legion, and I had to accept that. And I went sort of oddly hardcore on the role-playing element. These yeah. are the decisions I made, end of story. And yet I know a guy who is on his sixth playthrough yeah. this year. Oh. He's, well, you know what it is? <laughs> he stuck his nose up at gaming for decades and suddenly discovered he liked this because he likes, he's a role player and he's oh, big okay. into comic books. So he sort of dove into the backstory and he just sops it up and good for him. Yeah. And of course, he's, you know, as we discussed off camera, he's building an entire PC around the remastered. Right. It shocks me there isn't a pen and paper role-playing game here. Like why hasn't Modiphius or some other company created one? It's certainly got the background. Yeah, it's it's got the background, it's got the universe. Uh, I mean, it's it's the perfect setting for a role playing game. Frankly, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not sure why that hasn't been done either. Uh, I'm in very much a similar boat to you. I have I have probably played through the series a good solid three or four times, which is very really? rare for me. I, yeah, I do not often go back and replay a single game more than two, maybe three times. Um, <laughs> let alone an entire series yeah. but the fact that you can drag your same character through this really mm -hmm. you know makes it endearing that's one of the big selling points of the series is the fact that you start in mass effect one and you have a persistent shepherd from mass yeah. effect one to two to three those yeah. choices that you make uh always carry through by the mm -hmm. time i hit mass effect three the reporter always knows to duck because i punch <laughs> her in a single game i it's don't care a running joke yeah exactly and yeah, the, the characters are so good. I remember the first time I actually played through the game, you get to a certain planet and there's a decision that you can make. And this game has a, a Paragon or Renegade choice system where Paragon is the good guy, the Boy Scout of America decision, and Renegade is the Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie decision, yeah. usually. And there there's a decision to with one of your characters named Rex who's standing in yes. front of you and he's lipping off to somebody and I thought oh the par or the renegade decision will probably just be to yell at him and knock him down and put him in his shoot place him. Yeah. yeah you shoot him in the back that's I think that's what I did yeah yeah so then I played through the rest of the series and I just I didn't have Rex and it wasn't until my second playthrough that I went back and I decided okay I've made a bunch of the wrong decisions I'm going to make all the right decisions this time I love that this game gives you that option it it is almost necessary if you want to get the you know what is considered the correct ending to mass effect 3 it's almost necessary to go and play through all three games and choose all the all the right options and for me the right option is the one i choose that's absolutely which, correct which isn't meant to be arrogant it's just i made it i think years ago years and years ago i tried a second run through of mass effect and i made it i think almost to the end actually and I found that I was making pretty much the same choices I made the first time because it felt wrong to make a different choice. Right. Because in my mind, Shepard is a certain person. Mm -hmm. And she leans towards Renegade, not because she's a monster, but because she's cold-blooded and wants to get the job done. And she has no problem cutting through whatever's in her way to get to that decision for the greater good. 
this is my shepherd. And so I know if I sit down tomorrow and start playing this game through, and all I did for our playthrough is I loaded up Mass Effect 1 and I played through the first, you know, whatever hour of it. I found I was making the same decisions because to do to do something else just felt wrong to me. Mm -hmm. You know, so while I say I would love to see a Netflix Mass Effect, I'm afraid because it won't be my shepherd. Yeah, I, I don't know if there is meant to be a series of like canon endings. I don't think that Bioware ever said this is what we envision Shepard doing. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that even the ending is meant to be ambiguous. Yeah. Obviously, there's the I think it's called the synthesis ending where you wind up having um, all organics and synthetics meshed together. So I think that's the one I picked. I think yeah. That's sort of the, the homogenization ending where Joker and Edie get their sort of walk off to the sunset love story and a, a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember what I chose. I, I'm sure it's that one. But yeah, it's, yeah. you know, what I like is that what you define as right is definitely different than what I think is right. And there right. Be people out there who listen to this and go, now nah, they're full of shit. Play it 20 times and everything goes. <laughs> and there's other people who are going to say, no, I played it once and that's it. And that's the end of it. Right. It's a very controversial series, the, the trilogy, and I'm okay with that. I thought it was really well done. Now, what about Andromeda? You said you've not played it at all? I haven't. No, it's one of those games where um, it came out on next-gen consoles when I didn't mm. have a next-gen console. Okay. And then by the time it came out, all the reviews had been very negative, that it was mm -hmm. very divergent from the feeling of the original Mass Effect trilogy, that it wasn't very well implemented. And it was one of those things where I was perfectly content with just not playing it and leaving my memories and impressions of the original Mass Effect trilogy intact and as it were. That's fair. It's funny because I bought it, I got it for like 15 bucks and I played it on my previous gaming laptop and it was fun and I just sort of wandered away and never got back and my new laptop is an MSL, msi laptop and apparently they don't like the sound card it's not <laughs> like i can swap out yeah so it, the sound cuts in and out i keep wanting to just download it and get it to work there's got to be a setting i can find yeah. because the sound keeps cutting in and out and obviously that's no fun but i really want to try it i like the idea of it but i think it goes nowhere like they've i think they've pretty much said they're abandoning it yeah. um you know they're at the point now where i think they need to leap a few hundred years in the future and just carry on you know, no. I'm I'm even at the point where I'm good. You you told a self-contained story that that can be good enough. And that's I feel like that's yeah. something that we kind of have as as sort of a North American prerogative that we always want to see the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. I want this story to keep on going. Yep. But we there's there's a time where a story is allowed to end. And I feel like Mass mm -hmm. Effect 3 was a good end for that. Story. It was. But there is a Mass Effect 4. You know that, right? They've yes. already released a, not even a teaser, just a few images. I know. Uh, I know. And, uh, you know, it's funny because the guy I know, he's like, oh, look, look, you know, this means so much because here's this image. And I went, it's literally a wallpaper that they outlined. They cut out the outline of the character and reversed it. Like, it's that's all it is. There's yeah. nothing here. It's not even concept art. I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I think it would be very interesting to see this world many years or many centuries in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I like the combat. I liked the, the role-playing system. There's things I liked. There's things I didn't. I dreaded the planet scanning. Oh, my God. Planet scanning is awful. You know, what I used to do is I would put on a movie and watch okay. it, and then, I would just sort of, and then I would just sort of put my brain on autopilot and scan planet after planet after planet, and that's what I did. But it's kind of unfair that you have to do. They make you do that. Yeah. yeah um, you actually have to go through and scan every single planet if you want to be able to make your upgrades. 
Yeah, and that kind of drives me nuts. That's one of the things that stops me because I know I'm going to hit that. I'm not going to want to do it again. My understanding is they tinkered with that for the remastered. So who knows? Maybe maybe I am buying the remastered someday on um, on sale. But and I suspect that's what it's going to take to get me to go through the series again. I'm going to go and just I'm going to purchase it new and not have to piece together three disparate games over two systems because I own uh, Mass Effect One and Two on Steam. And of course, if you wanted Mass Effect 3 on the PC, you had to purchase it through Origin. Back in the day, yes. Yeah, so my save game did not transfer. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's not a big deal. You you tell it, you give it some information and it pumps out your character anyway. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm interested in, in seeing what they do next. I do want to try Andromeda. The worst I'm going to, the worst I'm going to say is, man, I don't like it. Right. But, you know, it's one of those things, we'll see. Yeah. But I'm curious to see where it goes. Again, I am eternally shocked that Netflix hasn't latched onto this and said, <laughs> I mean, imagine what a huge seller that would be, like a, a, a massive action space opera that spans six or seven seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be it would be a huge hit. Absolutely. I'm I'm sure that there would be a million problems with people raising exactly what we said. Well, this isn't what I think Shepard would do, but um, I, I still think that it would be absolutely off the charts especially with people who never played mass effect yeah um absolutely. you know being able to, people to it so yeah seeing you know the asari and the hanar and the turians in live action would be incredible yeah for me i'm i'm actually i am continuing my playthrough i picked up and played the first hour of it and uh, i'm i'm actually continuing to to play through the rest of the game right now uh i'm there's lots of little tiny problems that I've got with Mass Effect 1. I think that the the Mako is unintentionally hilarious. and uh, They the, fixed that, apparently. Yes, so. the, there's fixes for that in uh, in the remaster trilogy, which is going to be releasing, I think it's on May 17th, May right 17th. before my birthday. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be a birthday gift to myself. Um, the, you know, they're adding in the fact that you can run while you're outside of combat, so it doesn't take a week to get everywhere. Just lots of little fixes, texture upgrades. It's it's supposed to be able to play in uh, HDR for 4K. It's going to be if you if you haven't played Mass Effect since it was originally released, it's going to look the way that you remember it looking, not the way that's that it way actually it. looked. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, so there it is. There it is.